0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, it's time for Birmingham Business Radio. Now, here your Business Radio X host.
1: Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Birmingham Business Radio. It is the final episode of the day, and uh, the bar's been set pretty high, don't you think, Lee? Uh, there's a lot of pressure on these guys. <laughs> it certainly is, but we have a studio full and so we better get started right out of the box we have with us director of innovation lab here at the innovation depot please join me in welcoming to the broadcast miss
2: kathleen hamrick how are you
0: i'm great thanks for having me guys
2: uh can you share a little bit about uh the innovation lab what are you guys doing for folks
0: yeah absolutely the innovation lab is a partnership between the collat school of business and innovation depot and it's kind of unconventional in terms of uh, what we do in the space. We take students and we allow them to practice what's taught in the classroom in Birmingham In real life? In real life. <laughs> in, <laughs> in Birmingham's entrepreneurial epicenter. And so we're connecting them directly with industry. And, and we have several different service offerings in the Innovation Lab. We do student-led business consulting services we do web and mobile application development, that's also student-led. We incubate and accelerate student businesses. And we also allow certain entrepreneurs in the community to come in and co-work in the Innovation Lab, and, and they're serving as mentors for our students.
2: So now, how long have uh, you been here at Innovation Depot? Four months. Four months? <laughs> wow.
0: Yeah, we've uh, we've gained a lot of traction, <laughs> and, and I will let you speak with one of our students who's here with us today. Uh, about some of the things going on in the innovation lab, but we're moving pretty quickly and seeing a lot of success.
1: All right, well, let's hear from him. So, uh, Justin Smith, co founder with Certaware LLC. Am I saying that right? That's correct. Wow, what a voice. Man, you can have lead seat. Yeah, uh, so Certaware, we want, I want to get back to this relationship with Innovation Lab and all that, but uh, tell us a little bit about Certaware. What, what's the mission, purpose? What are you out there trying to do for folks?
3: Yes, um, we are um, software, and we are do healthcare applications for retail healthcare clinics
2: and urgent care clinics. So now, how did you get involved in that industry?
3: Well, I started out in the InnoHack 2015 competition here at um, hosted here at the Innovation Depot. Entered the competition, and got some good traction, decided to build a business around it.
2: But how'd you come
0: up with the idea?
3: Well, we had, that was our, what we had to solve in the competition was innovative concepts.
0: He's not gonna tell you unless you sign an NDA. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you teach them well. Man, no <laughs> kidding.
1: So you participated in this contest, you and some other folks? It's, it was, <laughs> or you're the brains.
3: Well, I have another. Uh, you're the
1: looks ch- and the brains?
3: <laughs> I wouldn't go all that far. <laughs> I have uh, another co-owner. Her name is uh, Taylor Looney. She couldn't be here with us today. She's also a UAB student at, mm-hmm. at UAB. At, uh,
2: did you know each other before the competition? Yes, we did. So you went in to do the competition together?
3: Yes, we did. We started out It started out with a group of eight of us, and we broke off into a group of two and went
2: <laughs> from there. So there are six other people that are uh, kicking themselves? Maybe.
1: <laughs> so um, you're out there in the marketplace and have customers, or you're still kind of in crouch position and getting ready to go dominate the market, or where are you in your evolution?
3: Well, it all started out. I was I filed my LLC and I started out working in my apartment, and I did. I was kind of embarrassed about you know inviting investors and people. I was pitching my concept right. to out of my apartment, so I decided to contact Kathleen Hamrick to set up a co-working space here at the iLab.
2: And now how did you hear about that?
3: Uh, my roommate, Zach Plunkett, he is another business partner of mine and he referred me to Kathleen.
2: And so, so now you're housed here?
3: I am housed here at the iLab.
2: And then how's that working for you?
3: It's working great. I wouldn't be here. <laughs> I wouldn't be gaining this traction in my company if it wasn't for the iLab.
2: You, you believe that to be so?
3: I'm 100% sure.
2: 100%? 100%. So what have they done to help you get traction?
3: Well, um, yeah, they helped me with business guidance, professional advice, you know, working with my business plan, you know, everything from day one I walked in.
2: Really? So you felt like you had a good idea and you had something, but once you got here, it all became, you know, came to life?
3: Yeah, it came to life and, you know, you had to start somewhere. And, right. And I'd rather start in the iLab than my own apartment.
0: <laughs> yeah, So, so Justin, he's... Um, he's not telling you the full story. Well, Just, he can't because oh, I didn't, right. sign didn't sign the NDA. But he he has actually received uh, interest from multiple investors, and he has in his hands a term sheet from one of them, and uh, we are really. That's proud, why he's wearing the suit. Really, proud. that's probably why he's wearing the suit. <laughs> so, do do you
1: even? And, and this is no reflection on you, because the answer from me would be no. But do you even know how to read a term sheet? I mean, do you even know what to look for in a term sheet? Because I, I don't. I'm telling well, you. Well,
3: I actually had to hire an attorney firm. For <laughs> yeah. Right,
1: but that's one, but that's one of the first things, right? I mean, so, Kathleen, you guys, you you can help him with stuff like that.
0: Yeah, we have we have a number of mentors who are experts in a variety of fields, and uh, we actually have one who's an angel investor, and. You know, as part of this process, when Justin was connected with, um, with one of our mentors, and that led into uh, an investment opportunity, we were then able to direct him to some sources that he could look at for um, his legal work. But ultimately, it's up to the student who they want to use, and we always encourage them to examine all their options and go with what's best for them.
2: So, Justin, are you still at school, or that was you know yesterday? I'm, I'm a full
3: time student at UAB <laughs> still.
2: So, <laughs> wow. with the term sheet in your hand, there's a short list of people like you, right? <laughs> <laughs> we have a couple in the alley. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, I could, when I was in school, I had How many term to a, sheets did you have? No term sheet. <laughs> but just like Justin, I had easy access to a ping pong table. <laughs> and seeing that there weren't a lot of folks that played table tennis in Mobile, Alabama at the time, you know, I was like the local little hero. So, But enough about me.
2: Let's talk about you. <laughs> so now how do you balance school and um, a startup?
3: You don't sleep. Is that the key? Red that, Bull? That's the key. <laughs> you just don't sleep and just keep working.
1: The guy weighed 250 pounds when he started. (laughs) (laughs) So Kathleen, uh, you're not exactly long in the tooth yourself. I mean, what'd you do before this?
0: I would probably bore you with a list. So I'm I'm not gonna do that, but I've worked with a number of early stage startups. One of them is here at Innovation Depot, Blondin Bioscience, and I believe that y'all heard from Blondin earlier. earlier Oh yeah. And so um, have experience as an entrepreneur and uh, I have a strong writing, technical writing background, and have worked in sales and marketing, and so I'm able to provide some assistance in those areas. And um, and then I am an MBA candidate at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, and will be uh, headed north to do a little program on negotiation with Harvard, and so hope to be able to bring back some um, some information that will benefit our students there. So. That's my background.
2: So do you plan on staying in academia, or do you want to stay connected in the startup world, or are you are trying to do as, as many things as possible?
0: She doesn't find them mutually exclusive, I don't I think. don't, I don't, and there needs yeah. to be more of this, and so, you know, my plan is to continue to support students here in all the ways that I can. So well, you
2: find that rewarding?
0: I couldn't think of anything I'd rather be doing. She you does a great
2: job.
1: It. You can see it in mm-hmm. the glint in her eye when she's talking about Justin, or Justin's talking about something. I mean, you, it's 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 like a almost like a mother. I don't I don't know how to explain. It. <laughs> well, no, it I right mean you're genuinely you're very in this. In you genuinely are proud. You are proud, and
0: you're happy. Well, when you get emails at 3 a.m. on the weekends uh, <laughs> <laughs> from your from the students who are working on their companies in the innovation lab, and they are um, counting on you, it's you know you do work together on on getting them to their success, and you work things they have you work through things, they have setbacks and uh, it is extremely rewarding to see them successful.
2: Are, are you finding more and more students are choosing this startup path rather than I'm going to go get a job path?
0: I'm not sure about that. You know, I am still pretty new in this role. And so that's that's an interesting question. And, and I'll be curious to see how that plays out. Um, I believe y'all will speak with Matt Landers of Platypi and Depot U a little bit later. And What we are seeing is we're seeing increased need for developers in Birmingham. And so I'm sure you'll get some interesting perspectives from him on um, opportunities in that area. But uh, I don't really have the answer to that question.
1: So um, I want to ask Justin his perspective on the curriculum and the the structure that he's been afforded here. Curriculum may not be the right word. but Yeah,
0: it's a rather unstructured environment in in our space it's very non um non traditional in terms of what is offered there it's like an incubator inside of the incubator itself um and again we are taking what's taught in the classroom and applying it in a very practical way it's like learning how to fly an airplane have any of y'all right. ever done that
1: no i have not okay
0: well When you learn how to fly a plane, you, much like a student sits in a classroom, you're in front of a book and then you go out to the plane, you get in it and you practice what you've read about at 3,500 feet and you have thousands of feet during which you can make mistakes and still be okay because your instructor is going to step in at just the right time
2: and save you and guide you,
0: (laughs) guide you to landing. Okay. If needed. And if not, they're going to let you do it. And so the Innovation Lab is very similar. We allow students to come in. They have all this information, knowledge they've been working on in the classroom, and they apply it, and we step in when needed to help guide them safely to where they need to be. And
1: Justin, this works for you. you. You seem to resonate. I mean, not everyone would embrace that level of chaos. I, I, don't, I don't think And maybe chaos it's is an unfair word, or organized chaos, organized chaos. But but you personally, you and, and your business partner or partners, you, you guys, you resonate with this. And this is this is working for you.
3: Oh, yeah, it's Working great so far. Get Do you up. get
1: class credit for being part of this?
3: Um, no. I don't get class credit, but, uh, you know.
0: Class
1: yeah. credit? We don't need no stinking class credit. we got a term sheet. <laughs>
0: well, well, that's, and he's one aspect of the offering. So we do have internship opportunities for students, and we have innovation fellows who operate in the innovation lab, and, and they we are working on programs where they actually do receive course credit for the work that they're engaged in with companies that they serve.
1: So, Justin, we're going to promote John to your chair here in just a moment, but before you go um what counsel if any would you offer the young budding or aspiring entrepreneur a do or a don't other than get um kathleen in your life I mean, that's obvious <laughs> yes yeah, good to have her in my corner <laughs> but a lesson learned to do or a don't uh lay some wisdom on them man uh,
3: well um if you have a good concept and you believe in it go out and do it and just work hard outwork everybody
2: so now are you seeing um Students there choosing a path of entrepreneurism more than maybe you when you were younger?
3: Well, a lot of people are going leaning towards the entrepreneur route. You know, I mean, startup business, you know, it's great. It's a great. Is that a
2: cool thing to do now?
3: I mean, it's, it's pretty good, but it's tough, you know, being a student, like I right. said. I mean, it's. it's but not. is
1: it cool at the cake party, like, to tell people that? Or are you past the cake party <laughs> thing? Or cake party people don't mix. this a different crowd.
3: Yeah, I'm not really big on cake. <laughs> I like cheesecake.
1: <laughs> All right, so uh, where can our listeners learn more, or investors, or whoever you want to reach? Is there a, a, a website, or a...
3: Um, they can just contact me um, via email, jsmith22 at uab.edu. And if any, anybody has any questions feel free to contact
1: fantastic well don't go anywhere i do want you to switch sheets, uh, seats with with john if you guys would, would switch you stay where you are kathleen i got more questions oh, uh, mercy. for you okay um so uh, justin's not your only protege creation student i mean you got some other
0: folks well, in the mix right yeah we, we didn't create anything we just put really talented <laughs> students in the right place and uh, innovation depot has uh, you know you spoke with Devin laney the ceo of innovation depot earlier uh, there are a ton of wonderful resources here at Innovation Depot, and you know we've expanded programming within the incubator this year with the launch of Depot U, and uh, and hopefully he spoke to the accelerator that we're working to create here. So we have a number of students who are seeing traction with their businesses. Justin is one of two who, in the past three months, have received term sheets from investors. Wow. Um, so yeah. It's a it's a recipe for success. We it's not working just once. It's working time and time again. So life at the depot is, is it's good. It's Pretty awesome. Yeah? You can you know the culture here is great. I mean, you show up. I was thinking as I walked in uh, last week in a t shirt and uh, Converse. I'm not in that today, but but last week I was, and I was thinking, wow, this is pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next for you before we let you go? Uh, just you know continuing to support the students here and the entrepreneurs that we serve. Uh, And, you know, we have a lot of organizations and other universities asking how they can be involved in the Innovation Lab. And I always just encourage them to reach out to us. We enjoy collaborating. And, uh, you know, when you ask what's next and what does the future look like, I think we are creating it right now. Um, So the ways that people can be involved is they can go to Innovation Depot's website, or they can go to the Innovation Lab at UAB, the website there, and what is that? get connected with us. I'll give it to you afterwards. That's a secret. No, yeah. yeah. well, it's not a secret NDA sauce. But it's all just the back of his MBA. No, it's a UAB Innovation Lab.
2: And then also, you're involved with the TEDx Birmingham.
0: Oh yeah, that's correct. Yeah! Wow, you are one busy lady. Innovation, innovation type things with TEDxBirmingham. Is this the
2: first time, or you've had it before here?
0: Have well, it's been going for about three years in Birmingham now, and have been involved since the very beginning.
2: And so, how's that going? Are you looking for speakers? Where are you it's at?
0: Rock and roll. We are looking for speakers. Uh, we've received a, a lot of great proposals, but we're continuing to accept um, entries. And so, you can go to TEDx dot and enter. Uh, your entry, if you're interested. And in speaking. What time? When is it the date of that? It is March. It's in March. It, yeah, it's so we have
1: a little bit of runway. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, look, they don't just take any speakers. These TEDx events are pretty.
0: I mean, you guys are pretty. You're pretty picky. Picky.
2: <laughs> it's been my experience.
0: Yeah. There are many wonderful, wonderful <laughs> ideas submitted. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> is there a theme? Um, there is a theme, and everyone should go to www.tedxbirmingham.org and read more about it there.
1: All right. Well, your story is inspiring. Your uh, enthusiasm is contagious. Keep up the great work, and let's keep this conversation going. I want to talk to more of your students. I want to check in with you more often as we continue to come to town. And at some point in the not-too-distant future, we'll have a permanent presence here, Business Radio X, Great. Um, uh, in the Birmingham market but let's let's keep this this dialogue going
0: absolutely because you know he's doing retail healthcare, but we've got a fashion magazine that's in traction in the innovation lab so we always have something interesting going on
1: all right we'll have that conversation next time around hey listen hang out with us we've got some other folks we're going to visit with all right great thanks all right next up on birmingham business radio who do we have with us in this long list we got john do you pronounce it Pineheart? Pinehart, that's right that, that, you know that's uh, that was a 50/50 guess but I I hit it didn't I <laughs> I don't know if the odds are that good <laughs> all right I know you don't uh, you sit taller in the saddle than I do and this microphone is set on stone you got to lean in there your carry up got close More. gotcha and um, t- and talk right to the right to the edge of it uh, so let's see mr. mr. Pineheart you are the president oh you're you're the, you're the man you're the, you're the guy right at director point
4: uh that that's right I'm the president
1: all right so director point mission purpose uh
4: what kind of problems are you out there solving so we're a software company we provide software for boards of directors um we've been around since about 2012 and we have uh closing on 150 organizations using our software in 38 states and seven countries for boards of directors. boards of directors so one of our first big clients was the university of alabama board of trustees uh, they, If you're a board member on the Board of Trustees for the University of Alabama, when you walk into a board meeting, you're greeted, or you were before using Director Point, you were greeted by a 2,000-page binder, <laughs> of, of which the university printed 150 of them every three months. So wow. now with our software, instead of using a binder, uh, they can get their information via iPad or, or any device.
2: And a board of director, there's some... Um there's a reason to have a service like yours because they have some responsibilities and there's some risk, right?
4: Absolutely, so the responsibilities uh, for boards has increased a lot, um, particularly after financial scandals. Uh, That's good for your business, right? (laughs) That's that's right. So so there's a lot of accountability Mm -hmm. and responsibility. But the one thing that particularly interested, interested, interested us about this business was that boards have operated largely the same way for as long as there have been boards. And historically, it's a group of leaders that provide very important functions. For the organization they select and compensate top management they set policies that will be followed by the organization and they help uh, uh, lead strategy and they've been doing this the same way forever and that way is that they they come together and they meet a few times a year and they discuss all these important things in a, in a time constrained meeting and what our software offers is a different way for board members to communicate and make decisions in that they have more information, uh, more timely, uh, and they can raise important questions in different ways rather than just in a a time-constrained meeting. They can raise, uh, they can have secure private discussions. They can uh, use surveys, uh, our survey tool, rather than uh, discussing something openly. They can use our voting tools, and so there's different ways to make decisions that otherwise would have been solved and maybe he did or, or a, um, not. And some of this format. is
1: real time during a board meeting, but there's some asynchronous activity too beyond the board meeting or does it all happen right there at the board meeting? Well, or? it
4: depends on the board, but there's there's, always asynchronous, well, there's usually asynchronous activity and this provides, Are you impressed that I knew that that's word? That's a good word. No, I that's interviewed a, a guy word.
1: yesterday and he used the word not yeah.
4: <laughs> I like that. I'm to use that more. I thought
1: I'd use it. It's words with friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's
4: right. So there is some of this... Uh, well that's what one thing that our tool allows so board members do want to communicate outside of board meetings and they do want they do have thoughts um that you know are important and they see they read things that are important and our software allows them to capture those thoughts or to capture important things that they've read uh, or important ideas it allows them to share them with other board members in a secure environment uh, and even have discussions
2: uh, okay
1: it all sounds great right now but I'm, I'm trying to picture the first time you tried to pitch this
2: and, oh, that's a, and that's especially a good to I mean, people on the board aren't 25; they're like 70. Yeah.
1: So tell us how. I mean, in the very beginning, you, it was probably a little bit challenging. It was a
4: different ballgame back then. <laughs> right. Totally different. In the early days, uh, I mean, the early days were three years ago. <laughs> yeah. But in way the early days, not not everybody had an iPad or an iPhone, and not everybody was open to. Uh, going paperless, and so uh, I, one of the first clients we had was a a board in South Alabama, and their average age was 85 years old. Their board chairman was in his <laughs> 90s. Only um, hey, those three are of just them. Just
2: usual early adopters. Are you getting this, Justin?
1: Are you hearing this?
4: It was <laughs> it was a surreal experience. I, I mean. um, so only uh one or, no only two or three of them even had cell phones so they had never even seen ipads before um and they wanted to go paperless and and we were you know they we
2: were, wanted to go paperless. they, they, they said <laughs> i would like to go cool. pa- i would like you to take my rotary phone here and make it a paperless uh tool for me
1: you're making fun of me. i think they're to be commended you know people know, are talking about me and you like
2: this <laughs>
4: I'll say the, their management, the management <laughs> exactly. wanted to go paperless. <laughs>
2: exactly. Let me they didn't want to go paperless. <laughs> There's no way they wanted to go All paperless. All right, so
4: uh, we keep interrupting. You so, no, no. no it, was, um, it was great. So we actually we do most of our training via webinar, but this particular time we decided to do it in person. Was most, a good call. Good move. Most of the time it takes us about 15 minutes to train a board member an hour to train administrators. Well, we'd spend a day with these folks. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, and like I said, they hadn't seen iPads. And I remember when I was teaching them how to, how to turn the page, uh, one of them actually turned his iPad over and physically turned, flipped it over like you're turning a page. And so he didn't understand the whole touchscreen concept. Um, and there, there was a little bit of, uh, I would say, early pushback. But the nice thing was, I uh, have a couple hours in they had started to figure out the iPad and then some of the guys were even pulling up YouTube and and showing you know and playing country music videos and and really you know starting to enjoy it and have fun
2: So you're able to train them and and I uh, bet in a short period of time they understood it, it kind of clicked and well, then they saw the value of it So
4: this industry of of paperless board meetings has been around for a while there's uh, there's, there's been attempts for you know over a decade to try to get this business off the ground but in talking about ease of use, it really wasn't until the 2010 invention of the iPad um, that there hmm. was a software a technology that was intuitive enough and secure enough uh, and portable enough to really make sense. So it was the it was actually the iPad that inspired us to get into this business. It was one of the reasons we, we felt like getting into this business. And it was true in the case of those older fellows in that the, the technology truly is in, uh, uh, intuitive enough to where even somebody who's, in their mid-80s, it, you know, is very technology-averse, can pick it up.
1: And you, you brought a colleague with you, Kate, uh, your last name, Kate?
5: Uh, Johnson.
4: Kate
1: Johnson, um, Kate, were you uh, in, involved in the very beginning, or did you do like I did with Lee and jump on this guy's coattails? <laughs>
5: um, I've i been working for the company for about a year now. Uh-huh. Um, I actually came from the University of Alabama, and I worked for their business school um, as a student. And uh, Dean Harden had has a uh, 200 advisory board that meets uh, twice a year and uh, they used to receive binders and uh, they they heard about the trustees getting a uh, director point on their iPads and you know they kind of bought into it so um, I was with the the um, board of trust uh, the board of visitors when they made the transition over from that paper-based system to director point so um, I was at those bi-yearly meetings and was introduced to director point and uh, they came to me I think March of Uh, 2014 and said okay Katie uh, you've been here for a while you're about to graduate what do you what do you want to do and I said well uh, you know, I, I'd like to go into sales, but I don't want to be, you know, cheesy car salesman or be selling insurance to people. And they said, "Well, um, we're looking to hire somebody uh, to do sales. You should, you should come work for us." And so, um, you know, the rest is history. I've been working here for about a year and have been really excited with the growth the company's been and, seeing. Because
2: you, you got to see it from the other side. Yeah. So that's, oh, that's that, cool. was one one the, that was the appeal. <laughs> yeah. No was on the other
4: side. And tell them how
2: much money per meeting they saved using. The
5: yeah, they're saving over uh, ten thousand dollars a meeting. So. Well,
2: uh, oh. And and how do they what, what where does the savings come from
5: Uh, the savings comes from um, the administrators Uh, took us about we would start I think a month before the board meeting Uh, we had an assembly line where everybody was handed a stack of papers and we had a big card table stacked out everybody went around and just laid the paper on top of the others um, in 200 binders and so it was very labor-intensive the students were doing it so (laughs) (laughs) thankfully it wasn't the uh, the staff there so we were in charge of that and uh, You know so definitely time um also paper these board books were huge um last minute changes were not our friends i would go in there and rip out different pages from these binders and have to go stuff 200 binders um it's not fun (laughs) the last minute
4: so so our clients they can um they can not only pay for the software but they can also buy ipads for every one of their board members and still save a ton of money i mean the the process is very expensive uh, without director point
1: so what's your favorite part of the job what do you like the most kate
5: Um, I like selling the software. I like when we get these demo requests from people who we have no idea who they are. It's just a random Gmail account and you don't know what organization you're associated with. You don't know who's going to be behind that computer screen and going in there and just um, connecting with them and figuring out what their top pain points are and figuring out how our software can resolve those. Um, th- that's my favorite part and my demos the favorite ones I do are with the administrators because you show them our different tools that really help them utilize their time and incorporate last-minute changes and their top pain points it's just a sigh of relief they're like oh my gosh where has this been for the last 20 years of my life you know they're like Katie we just want to come through the phone and hug you and, and kiss you <laughs> like wh- you know they, they just love it so So you
1: do a, a lot of this can be done uh, long distance virtually Absolutely. you don't have to be on site
5: right primarily it's just through um, go to meeting we host our demos right. and we do our training our rollout to the board members um, we welcome them if they want us to be on site we'll be there to roll out to the board members um, the American Heart Association they use our software um, they asked us to be on site for the training and then after we trained the administrators they said okay wait it's so intuitive we don't need you guys to be out here for the rollout so it's a huge benefit to being able to do everything online
2: do you have a, a niche are you with within boards of director or do you specialize in uh um, no non-profits or very public broad. companies or
4: uh no we have a lot of interest from financial institutions and hospitals uh, because of the security um but it's very broad the, the industries I and mean, everything from small private companies to small foundations up to the national board for the american heart association and large universities so um, you know, pretty much any organization that has a board will, will get value from Director point.
1: Well, I don't know if you would call this a related question or a completely different question, but where my mind was headed is any thoughts toward going after the huge market? of those of us who are not getting the most out of our meetings period whether we're on a board or not
4: give us a call <laughs> <laughs> right is it just or is there just so much to well, be done in the that's, board that's market? that's a great right question now? because there are plenty of other groups um, and even our clients we see they start at the board but then and then find value and start rolling it out to other Uh, areas in the company so we see marketing departments we see uh, law firms and legal departments um, and particularly banks we see loan committees and um, and even universities will have their quality assurance committees lots of groups that have meetings or have teams that need to collaborate uh, and are generally using a lot of paper benefit and get value from director points so so
2: how do you go to market how do how do they even know you exist that's a good question as well. So we started out
4: just outbound, pounding the pavement, until we got a um, you know a, a good base of business. But then we discovered uh, the magic of uh, online advertising. So uh, most of our advertising is, is on um, uh, Google and Bing and Yahoo. And uh, we invest considerably there. And so most of our sales are from inbound marketing.
2: So you're doing um, just online ads? That's right. Or uh, like and we, LinkedIn and we, or? That's right. That's right. To and, target these people,
4: sure, and and then of course some content marketing. Um, but generally, it's uh, and plus the other nice thing about serving boards is if a, if somebody's on one board, they're on five. Right. So we get a lot of referrals. Um, so every every uh, every day we're getting calls from people who who have a board member that's using Director Point on another board.
2: And if somebody wants to learn more, website
4: DirectorPoint.com.
2: Well, I just. Uh, I
1: am consistently amazed, and have been all day, at the the caliber of the conversations that we're having, and the, the folks that hang out at the Innovation Depot. This is a cool place to hang, with or without the ping pong table. I think uh, I think this is fantastic.
2: You don't think the ping pong table is the deciding I, factor? For I you? do.
1: It's, it would be the draw for me, but I'm just saying, even without the ping pong table. I, I would I would come. He'd still show up. Yeah, I want to ask you a question. I've been asking it of several guests as they've come through today um, because I got a new Kindle. Uh, what's on your nightstand or your Kindle? Are you reading anything? We ought to know
4: about. Oh my gosh, uh, I've been reading books about. Oh no, uh, books about boards of directors lately. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know the tax people are Warren Averett guys. They've been reading tax code stuff. I thought they were going to have a really cool business book. Uh, you've been diving into the board of directors stuff,
4: huh? Oh yeah. Yeah, and I definitely go to sleep real fast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, one more time, a website where people can can reach out and learn more.
4: DirectorPoint.com. dot com.
1: All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, and let's do this again. Thank you. And uh, fantastic. If we if we can find someone just willing to do it, I'd love to have a uh, someone from one of these client boards come in and talk about their experience, kind of the you know the before and after.
4: Oh, sure, that'd be great.
1: Right. We might have to get Kate to talk them into it, but I think uh, would you be up for that, Kate? You, you cool with that? Yeah. All right, I think that'd be fun. Hang out with us. We got uh, we got a studio full, so we're going to visit with some other folks before we go. All right, all right. Next up on Birmingham Business Radio, we have with us Platpie Platapie,
6: Platapie,
1: uh It's got CEO with him. Please join me in welcome to the show, Mr. Matt Landers. And do you have a colleague in the room with you as well that you wanted us to bring on? I do not. All right. That's just just the, uh, what do you call it, paparazzi? No, they're next.
2: That's my groupies. Got more people.
1: All right, fine. Um, All right, Platypi, there's got to be a story behind the name. Uh, So let's hear that and and mission purpose.
6: Yeah, so Platypi is a software development company. We have a development product for software developers to write apps that run on the web or on mobile devices. So you can deploy them to iOS, Android, or Windows. Uh, typically, whenever you write an app uh, for uh, mobile devices, you have to have developers who write it for each platform. It's a different language. Mm-hmm. So we created a platform that is one language to deploy anywhere. So that's kind of the... You just
1: uh, did that one weekend, right? You actually, you're like, yeah, yeah, we developed this thing. It makes it easy for everybody, right. anybody to write this thing. Now, I, that took this a while. was a big deal, right?
6: It, uh, yeah, it took us a while. Um, I left Microsoft after 10 years to do this. We raised funding. We spent the first year and a half of the company just building our product. Uh, three of us left and started it here. So.
1: Well, well, Bill and his whole team, that the whole thing went to hell in a handbasket
2: after you left, <laughs> as, as I understand it, right? Not actually no. better. <laughs> 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 so talk about that transition from Microsoft to your own thing.
6: Yeah, so I actually worked for Microsoft twice. I uh, left the first time to start a company as well as a consulting company. Uh, so I've kind of been down the startup road before. Um, so it's something I've always wanted to get back into. I knew that I didn't want to do consulting again. I wanted to do something product-related. So I've always been on the lookout for an opportunity that I could take advantage of. So.
2: Now, what's the um, – so I guess people who uh, build websites and apps, the, they're coder-type people? Mm-hmm. Is they're this, coders. How, is there, there's obviously a shortage of coders. Does this help them – be faster does it make it easier for them right to well that's do a good job?
6: transition into the other thing that we're doing which kathleen kind of talked about earlier which was depot U. so um no, you can't
1: go anywhere kathleen we got stuff talking we're talking about you here
6: finding <laughs> she was trying
1: to sneak out of here <laughs> there she goes all right we'll see you again though All right.
6: Now, finding uh, developers in Birmingham or anywhere in the country right now, there's a shortage. So by 2020, there's supposed to be a million developer shortage, according to a lot of studies. Wow.
2: Just a million?
6: Just a million. (laughs) So there's no way to fill that gap with traditional college routes. So what's happening is that you have these... Coding boot camps, um, coding schools popping up around right, the country. Like the eight week. You tried
1: of, to get your kid to go to one of these things instead yeah, of go know. to college, didn't yeah, you? Exactly. No, I mean people are coming out of that and making some real money.
6: Yeah, no, I mean there's there's a lot of jobs, and you know our company Platypi had to open an office in Austin to go find uh, developer talent. So there's a lot of jobs in Birmingham that can't be filled because there's not enough talent. Uh, so those jobs are going elsewhere. So the goal of Depot U is to uh, create talent here locally in Birmingham and then fulfill these jobs.
2: So. But isn't it? I mean, look, there's a shortage, but it's hard, right? Like, not everybody can do this. That's true.
6: There is a certain amount of aptitude that you got to. Um, You need to have to be able to do it and a a drive and determination to learn it because it is extremely frustrating in the beginning. But once you get over it, it's like any other trade, really.
2: But do you think it's going to turn into something like there was a time where um, like setting type was manual and hard and then there was Microsoft Publisher and all of a sudden you're dragging and dropping and you didn't have to know all this other stuff and you can still be semi-competent doing it. Is it you think coding is going to turn into that?
6: No, they've been trying to do drag and drop coding (laughs) for (laughs) decades. And I was part of the company that tried Mm -hmm. to do it the most. And you can do a great demo and you can show it off and make people think that you're going to whip up an Mm -hmm. app in five, 10 minutes. It's just not reality. Why is that? It's just because the apps that are needed by businesses are just more complex than what you're going to be able to do um, with out of the box functionality, like a
2: modular, templated, right? Th-
6: I mean, there's things you have things like WordPress now where it is easy for to spin up very simple websites, but right. to go do a, a complex business application, uh, it's just not going to happen. A lot of most of these large enterprises have massive systems with thousands of developers working on them. For instance, when I left Microsoft, I worked with our uh, Fortune 100 companies, so I'd go in and do custom software solutions and you know, I'd architect them. Uh, and the last p- company I was with was Merrill Lynch, and they have 4,000 developers on staff. Wow. And that's because they have over 800 applications that they support. Anything from their you know, billing systems to their financial trading systems to all of those things have to be developed, and that's just not going to be done with any type of WYSIWYG.
2: And there, but are, is this true that the like, lines of code to do anything is less now than there was? Yeah, the,
6: the programming languages are becoming more high level and they can do more for you without you having to you know code every little bit. For instance, I mean, 30 years ago, you were doing memory management. You don't do that anymore. Um, it's more you get to focus more on the business process aspects of coding and less on the technical aspects of coding. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what our platform is about too, to remove the technical aspects of working with different browsers or on different devices and abstract the developer from that so that they can actually work on the business processes that they're trying to solve with whatever app they're trying to build
1: so the sales and marketing thing for you i mean mm-hmm. if you got folks going out knocking on doors is your is your phone ringing or are you up at night concerned at all about revenue or what's your world like in that regard
6: All right. so we have a services model the in order to get our platform adopted we have to go out and prove that it works so we're working with bbba we've done a little bit with uab um, we did the Slosfest fest app which was a big festival here a few weeks ago um so uh we have I have a sales team, and they're going out and they're getting us deals. We did the innovation Depot website um, so we're we're building things on our platform and proving that out so
1: that would be a real feather in your cap here in this market anyway if you say you did the innovation Depot website right I mean' yeah, just, that's, that's, that's credibility us, they thought enough of you to engage you to do that mm-hmm. that's
6: and that website has brought us other opportunities to the table too so we don't well, we did the
1: innovation uh, depot radio show
2: just so you know
6: today today (laughs) i I, I want that
2: (laughs) (laughs) so now um how does the fact that they're like phones are changing and there's always a new one how does that impact you know building an app
6: well our our platform is built on web technologies so that kind of abstracts us from any um uh anything that the phone manufacturers are going to do they're always going to support the web that's going to be a a you know, minimum requirement for any even a new device that comes out it's going to need to support the web in some way so uh, as long as the web stays around our platform will be relevant
2: and then like uh, google did a kind of a, uh, a encouraging mobile first kind of uh platforms is that the same thing then um
6: mobile force is just mobile first is just a design concept to say that you need to make sure whatever you're going to build is going to support mobile. Um, you know, you, it's really frustrating to go on your phone to a site that doesn't support mobile, right? Right, you got to like <laughs> yeah, and you got to zoom and pan around, kind of move it around to find yeah. the button you want. Yeah, that's kind of the idea behind mobile first. Is
2: but that again, that from an app, uh, uh, so you think apps are always going to be here now, or is it going to be the web is going to be here, and then the web is an app, or
6: uh, you know, apps are very popular right now, but the web, the gap between web and what you can do in apps is closing significantly over time as the browsers become more powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think you'll see a lot more happening on the web, but for instance, our platform, you can write an app that is native, that goes to the app store, and it, you could also run it on the web. So we wrote one to reserve these conference rooms at Innovation Depot, It's our app, and we can also run that on the web as well. So. I think you're going to see a lot more people moving to that, where you're not spending a lot of development time doing both. You're doing one, one app, one time that can run and either, either know it natively, so then it can take advantage if you know the GPS, the camera, and all of that if you need it. Mm-hmm. But then also run it on the web if, you, if that's a requirement as well.
1: So, so what do you need most now, and how can Tommy help? <laughs> <How can Tommy>? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> he's here. We might as well. <laughs> we're going to visit with Tommy Coxer a little bit. But no, what, what do you need right now? What did? Uh, what
6: do we need right now? We're just yeah. out there uh, implementing solutions on our platform. We just need to keep chugging away and uh, try to, you know, break into other markets as well. I think that in Birmingham, we've done a good job of making a name for our, for ourselves. We've only been out there selling uh, services for about six months. And oh we've wow! Done, and we've done. Okay. quite a bit of work so far and then uh the depot U initiative is helping to raise awareness of what we're doing as well
1: so fantastic all right uh want to make sure lita we get coordinates sure for this outfit so we can send max um or have you given up on that dream uh sending max to yeah, work I've with given him? up on that dream. yeah you're gonna send him to regular college yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so let's get your website uh, coordinates. Uh, if someone wants to reach out and have a substantive conversation with, with you or somebody on your team about this so, kind of stuff,
6: Matt at or yeah Matt at platypi.io. Our website is platypi.io, um, and there's also depou.io for the uh, coding bootcamp.
1: You know, and I did I I I said I was going to address it and I didn't. Platypi, what
6: were ah? Uh, so we are mo- mainly a cross-platform development company. And uh-huh. Platypus is like a cross-platform animal, it's a beaver <laughs> and a duck. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of corny, and I it think it's great. Perfect. <laughs> Platypie,
1: I love it. <laughs> Terrific. Well, mm-hmm. keep up the good work, man. Thanks um, nice for having me. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Hang out with us. We're going, we're going to visit with a couple more guests before we, before we wrap the, the segment. All right. Next up on Birmingham Business Radio this afternoon, we've got Principal with Advanced Systems Unlimited. Uh, we already previewed you just a moment ago. Please join me in welcoming to the program. Tommy Cox, how you doing, Tommy?
7: Doing great. We are um, we're solving a lot of the same problems Matt just talked about. Um, you gotta get closer. We you are, go. um we were actually a services company, a software development services company, as opposed to as opposed to um, developing a product like Matt has, we solve a lot of the same problems. We, you know, we're, we're trying to use his product uh, and have talked to customers, you know, as well with it. But what we do is we work in the Microsoft Microsoft.net um, um, uh, technology stack, and um, we go in and we... We see companies, and I, I've been in software for a long time. I'm twice as old as most of these kids you've been talking to. You know, to. I wasn't going to say anything, you know,
1: because we <laughs> were on, on radio. On no pr- one yeah. knew that. We yeah. could have gotten away knew. with it, but, yeah, you, you but know, now uh, the cat's out of the bag. And so, you,
7: see, and so I, I, you know, I sit back, and I've had a career as an electrical engineer and and, and developing big projects, and, and a lot of it moved me into software. I saw people in software. Uh, made really good income. So I decided to get out of, you know, engineering. I saw an easier way in software.
1: <laughs> the greener grass <laughs> on the other side. Of the yeah. I hard. saw
7: Bill Gates, you know, Ross Perot. I go way back. And, uh, and so,
1: and Matt Landers, that <laughs> whole crowd. Yeah. But then,
7: and then in the software business, it, they develop a reputation where the last guy you wanted to see coming to your company is somebody that's going to sell you software development. I mean, that's the honest truth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they go, this guy is going to own us one day because they're going right. to have, they're going to, they're going to be the only ones that know how our stuff, works um they're going to be the only ones that know how to fix the bugs and then they're just going to raise their prices and um you know we thought we were developing some software that we would own but we found out the software owned us and that was the main problem that was our mission that i wanted to solve with advanced systems unlimited is i wanted to go do something i wanted to go do the same thing a lot of other people are doing but do it better and uh, help companies and business owners who are struggling, saying, "What do I do? I would like to take advantage of this great software boom, this great software technology, but I got, I, I've got to know that." We're doing it right. How do you make those decisions? Um, how do we solve our problems? Will the, will we solve them in such a way as they're going to be obsolete in a few years? What's our forward moving plan? Um, software development is very, very complex and it's, and it's becoming the key thing it takes to make your business succeed. And so you need people that have, years and years and years of experience at it. And I thought Matt said so well, you're not going to get that out of a canned software thing. Oh, that can write software. Yeah, we might be heading towards a million developers short, but another problem is they're not all equal. You know, they're kind of a a commodity. People, oh, they're a developer. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? And that's, that's a real problem. So what we're doing to solve that problem is we're developing teams that are used to working together. You know, YouTube was written by about four people. A four-person team, but really, really good that? talent, and it's, they were all
2: working together and in synergy.
7: Right, we, we, um, it, it's like the, I get the Navy SEALs. You know, they don't just go say. I need a sharpshooter, I need um, a... Bomb, right, a,
2: and meet in the parking lot and go figure it out, right? <laughs> go, go catch Osama bin Laden. Don't right. practice.
7: <laughs> you know, that guy meet can read a map. Right,
2: so you guys should be able to get there.
7: Yeah, and that's and that's and what we're doing is we're developing coherent teams, and so when a company brings us in, we're there to plow the ground, give them great software and stuff that's neatly written. They can maintain it, well documented, and they can replace us. We make sure they totally own it outright.
2: Mm-hmm. And which is an interesting concept because, you know, job security is a part of most software developers' thinking. Now, um, when you're working with these, like, do you have a sweet spot in terms of size? Like, are you good for only companies that are 10 million in sales? Or do you work for we, startups? Or?
7: We did. We have worked with the gamut. We love working with startups. That is a big part of our heartbeat because we... We love being in the beginning. We love being in the creative phase. We love helping them create their because
2: concepts. you can be a, actually a partner in their business because the, a website that's fully integrated in their mission can be more effective than them.
7: Yeah, and, and we could. And one thing I try to stay away from, especially you know, working with you know people like you know, start aware like Justin and different, and different people as we work together, what I try to make sure they do is they maintain full ownership in what they're doing right. and that, and I'm empowering them to do that. Well, it puts me in a real precarious situation. Now we've grown a hundred percent year to year. We haven't even started marketing and advertising yet. Um, we, um, uh, I mean, we did a nationwide uh, integration of data for Coca-Cola. We have, uh, we're doing steel and manufacturing software for, um, uh Southland Tube here in Birmingham uh we're doing a an infrared imaging uh, th- uh camera that can detect in a manufacturing line whether parts of the uh like glue being applied to a car windshield are getting too hot and so we have we have engineers and then we're doing iPhone uh Android apps you know for businesses but um they're very very specialized and right. uh, and so um we've we've done the gamut you know really I mean multinational to startups
2: And so it doesn't matter. So the pain a a prospective customer has for you could be totally different. It could be build me this from scratch or here, replace my existing.
7: We did, um, we replaced, we went into a company much like Matt described where they had 50 old visual basic applications that were really, really old. All the programmers that were there that used to work at the company were gone. Right. And we replaced that with like six or 700 reports. And, uh, we did that, um, we did that in under eight months, you know, so really, really fast. Another thing we do that we develop software that writes our software. So a little different take on what uh, great job they're doing at Platypi, but um, it's what, it, what it does is it goes and looks at their data and looks at all their databases and all their stuff, and it goes, hey, they have invoices, they have customers. They'll probably want to look up invoices by customers, by state, need to see it right. 50 items per page, sort it this way, all of that stuff we take out of the box we don't write that all from scratch anymore we we push a button and get fifty thousand lines of code once we get their data model that we wrote that code but we wrote the code that writes the code and we know it's bug free so we try to take this custom software development which can have a lot of pitfalls cost overruns delays bugginess uh, and that's why some people say i'd rather have something out of the box but the stuff out of the box doesn't do what they want and it, and it could cost a lot so what we try to do is given the advantages of custom software without all the disadvantages that have traditionally been there.
2: So you can build some software that can be used in different places.
7: That's right. Well, we
2: But build- that you've built, so you, you know where all the landmines are. So that it's going to all work together well instead of just kind of tacking it on.
7: Yeah, and it, what it is is that when you see where all their data is, we have a program that writes out the software, and it looks just like somebody typed it. It's even commented. And, uh, and it's a very intelligent uh, brain that writes a lot of our software to give our programmers a head start. And doing the, what Matt says, exactly the same thing, is that we spend most of our time solving their business logic problems mm-hmm. and not coding stuff that you shouldn't have to code.
1: So are you a tenant here at Innovation Depot? Yeah,
7: or? yeah, we are. We start off with two people in the far corner of the building. Love this place. It got us. Uh, it was where we could. Expand. You don't have to go predict how much office space you'll need three years from now. You just, they give you more space as you need it.
1: No, Devin mentioned that in an earlier episode. I, th- I mean, to me, that what a fantastic
7: advantage. Oh my gosh. Cause now we have um, 16 people here. Were you know um, from two to sixteen in three years, it would have cost us a lot of money to have to rent all that space until we got there.
1: Well, and did I hear you right? Did you say a hundred percent year over year, like two Revenue, cycles yes. running? Oh, wow. Three, yeah, three cycles. You wow. So you're a tenant? Can you recite the depot creed?
7: Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe I could read it. It's work hard, be nice, dream big, have fun, change the world. That's what so, we're doing. I was here. trying
1: to help you out, man. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I do think the the whole value system thought process the um here at the depot just i yeah right
2: i'm just very enamored with it oh, and there's so much your synergy. expectations has it met your expectations
7: oh it, it I, w- I went w- we would have never gotten to do some of the deals we did if it wasn't for the depot there's this i mean how would a company from birmingham hook up with a company like coca-cola or, There's a lot of developers in Atlanta. Or right. Justin.
1: You wouldn't have met Justin either. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, I met that, him in the right? hall. <laughs> <laughs> Justin's a dreamer. We love
7: Justin. He's yeah. awesome. He's he's blowing my mind every day.
2: So you said that you're not doing marketing right now. It's all kind of organic growth or referrals?
7: Well, we just, we just hired our first... Uh, we got a, we have a new office and a marketing department and uh, and we're trying to we're trying to you know what I've talked about is kind of complex and we're trying honestly we need help trying to find that brand um we heard Bishop Kelly he's sitting over there on the other end of the should room.
1: should we get Bishop on the microphone he so got something smart to say no? he doesn't want to say he's the behind the scenes guy
7: he's well Bishop's been here about two weeks and he's just trying he's a sales guy not a software guy and he is trying to get his mind around what we do and right. how do you communicate yeah. good the luck Bishop owner? yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it, we're we're really working on that brand because there's a lot of people that write software but i don't think there's a lot of people that orchestrate the deal with the team the way we mm-hmm. do it that's what i'm hoping our mission will continue to get traction
2: now if somebody wanted to learn more of the website
7: um it's it's a long name it's advanced systems all spelled out all spelled out advanced to so it has some of abbreviations <laughs> mm-hmm. but that's about as easy as it gets mm-hmm.
1: Well, Tommy, it's been a real pleasure visiting with you, Matt, Kathleen, Justin, Kate, John. What a delight! I just I've had the best time today. I am great day. And I'm gonna sip some of uh, Icebox coffee here in a minute, and maybe play a game of ping pong because they got some big powwow here before Ryan will get all the stuff back though. Right? Forty minutes. Thank you all. This has been wonderful. We're gonna do it more. We're gonna do it uh, again. That is a wrap. Uh, For Lee Cantor, all of our guests today our producer Ryan McPherson and everyone in the Business Radio X family and the good folks at Innovation Depot that have made today uh, possible. We'll see you next time on Birmingham Business Radio.